<clears throat> All right, GM to the 10 of you DGen. What, what do we have up here right now? Yeah, 10 other DGens that are up right now, late. Um, feel free to join with me. Not sure how long we're going to be up here for, but I can't really sleep right now. So figured I'd go ahead and kick up a space. Um, we're also seeing some solid, you know, some solid action with some sweeps happening with the stonks. And it's on the heels of some super bullish price action across the market. Everything's pumping, whether it's, you know, Bitcoin, alts, um, heck, NFTs have been going crazy as well. Um, so it has just been a matter of time before the stonks send. So again, feel free to hit that request button. If not, like I am honestly okay with just sitting here talking to, you know, to myself <laughs> slash y'all for a bit. It's been a minute. Um, just give me two seconds. I need to go ahead and tweet this out as well. Uh, I guess we got Pixel Rich on the stage. What's up, man? Good morning, Kaleo. I guess Good. it is morning for you. Good morning, sir. Yes, yes. Morning over here in Europe. Haven't had my coffee yet. Just woke up. Um, great, to, great to start the day with a space. Um, would like to invite Plint on the on the stage. Um, and love to, if you like to, um, would love to talk about the stonks you bought. <laughs> also, Pythonomics, if you'd like to talk about what's happening with No Chill, it's it's fun to watch the ride there. And yeah, it's great to see that people are buying stonks, um, that they're gaining more traction again after after hitting that, that low, after someone had to sell so many due to some financial thing. So, um, yeah. It's been more than two years, and I'm still loving them more and more, finding more and more details in the art we created with Honda. It's um, really great to be in this be in this place. Sorry, still really early morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> you're good, man. I'm impressed that your your brain is even functioning right now, um, functioning enough to get up and and talk at all man so i just appreciate having you up here on stage um but yeah you know like it's it, it is fun and it's one of those things though where i think the most fun part about just the past several months i mean heck past couple of years in general it's just i personally have never felt any pressure from you know and, and especially with the people that are in the community i mean myself first and foremost i i know where the project's going i'm confident in it i'm confident that you know that all of the stars will align there will be a time wherever the stonks do catch a bid and it'll happen when the time's right and it'll happen organically and the cool part about that is it's easy to say that as somebody that's the founder of a project but it's a lot more difficult to find a community that really believes the same thing in step with you. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, one of the things that makes the stonks really special is just the community of people that are there backing it, um, that hold it really do like what you said, man. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's just finding the different little nuances in the art and just the general appreciation for, you know, one, 
the art itself to the history. Um, and then three, just the culture behind the community. I mean, it's really the makings of the perfect foundation for something that's going to succeed um, moving forward. So, you know, you talk about it, the province, everything else surrounding the lore behind it. Um, you know, again, it, it's the makings of, you know, and I, I'm obviously biased, but I think what will be recognized at one point as a universally recognized blue chip, right? And I, I've said that and it's one of those things. It's funny because a lot of people, you know, seeing is believing for most people, right? And it's fair. You know, the average person, especially the average person that has exposure to something early, um, I mean, you can see it with the penguins right now. A lot of the people that are buying penguins right now are people that fudded that project for a long time, that thought it stood no chance. And it's not until it reaches a certain price point where they're like, oh, you know, there's something here. So I think that, it, you know, the same thing will eventually happen with the stonks. And, you know, until that day, man, I, I'm perfectly fine with where they are. But like, doesn't mean that the, the green days aren't fun. I mean, we're still seeing the effects of how you started this project. You, you made a really true, fair, egalitarian, whatever, mint, where it was free for everybody. You didn't make influencer shilling nothing, only you hinted it on a space that I sadly missed. And, and people could buy it, uh, people could mint it for free. And we still see some of those OG minters selling their stonks. So I really like that the community building around the stonks can take one year, two year, maybe a third and a fourth year. And until all stonks are held by people who really, really love the stonks. And then, yeah, then we will definitely be at that point that you're talking about where they... Um, they'll be worth much more and then yeah we won't care about price that much because we'll just hold on to our stonks and don't sell them anymore <laughs> hey I mean here's the thing like one of the things a lot of people and, and I like if you go back to the discord from day one one of the things that I said too is like whenever I was you know, like I, I have always said I hated Discord. I don't spend much time in there at all. I, I hate Discord. <laughs> like, I really do. But from day one, one of the things that I made sure to say is like no cell shaming, no whatever else. Because at the end of the day, man, I mean, like that, that's part of organic growth. If your culture is being upset with somebody for selling whatever. I mean, it's like even the other the other day when King DGen, not the King DGen for the arena for you, Owen, who are listening to this, but with another guy who was one of the largest holders that um, was forced to liquidate his collection. Like there was no ill will toward it whatsoever, right? And, you know, like same with anybody else that's in that position for me, whether somebody is trading the collection, whether they're doing whatever else, you know, like it's part of having a collection. It's the natural nuance of it. I just appreciate the participation for anybody that has the interest in doing it. And I think that if you have a culture that is so price centric, that is, you know, jumping on people for X, Y, Z reason, you're not going to make it. 
right? Like it cannot be about that. It has to be about something deeper to have any type of lasting staying effect. Oh yeah, I do both too. I mean, I collect and I trade them. <laughs> that's that's when you're in a collection that you love, you see you see you see it every day, so it's natural that that you trade it too. Um was I, I was happy to give some some um liquidity to whoever had to sell and getting a little bit of that liquidity back now. But yeah, let's talk about what's deeper than that. I mean, if you're a trader, you look at charts all day. Why why should you look at a chart in your free time? I mean, that's that's the that's the key thing, isn't it? <laughs> to see a different, uh, to get a different view on charts, to get to to ask yourself what 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 am I looking at really? <laughs> oh, it's funny, man. Um, you know, I, I like the old KJ meme. Uh, but yeah, you know, you even talk about the culture of it with the people that, you know, from the Stonks community, you know, you brought up Pythonomics where his project, No Chill, has been doing really well the past several days also with everything happening there. And, you know, like I, I see a lot of the same type of egalitarian approach toward it. And I'm not going to sit there and claim all credit for, you know, him being, but I'm just saying it's somebody that was in the stonks community and you just see the approach that was taken toward it, you know, and you see just a slow general success behind that. And I I think that realistically, the majority of people that I've seen that are stonks holders, there is that shared mentality, that shared mindset and holistic approach toward whatever they work on and it's not about like this immediate gratification you know pump to whatever now and i'm telling you man like that is why i'm so confident that whenever we do reach that certain escape velocity threshold whenever it does happen and it will um that you know again like i i don't think people have held for this long to just say hey you know like i i've I'm content with like a little 20% 2x, 3x type of pump, right? I think this is something where it's like you see the bigger picture of what happens to these collections whenever you get real volume entering into the NFT space, right? And when real volumes enters into the NFT space, it doesn't really take much to move these, right? That's why floor is such a poor metric, um, for an NFT project. And I mean, unfortunately, it's the easiest metric to look at and to gauge success at for an outsider. But when you really dive into the mechanics of how these things move, it's different from a fungible token. Um, and, you know, that's part of it, right? Like that's part of owning and collecting art and collecting these non-fungible pieces as they operate differently. Um And I think it takes a little bit of time to be in the trenches to truly understand the mechanics of that. But again, it's one of those things where I look at it more as a time-based approach more than anything else. It's like, okay, again, you've withstood it to this. Say that somehow it does get like a four or five X pump over the next couple months. Well, what then? Do you think that that's it as far as what's going to happen over the next few years? No. Right. Like the sky is the limit as far as where this bull market is going and what potential I think there is for the NFT marketplace as a whole. Um, 
so that's the thing I'm most excited about, man, is just the vindication on the other side of it, not just for me, but more so for everybody else that's just stuck through it in the trenches. And, you know, again, I think it's just that confidence and belief that there will be that day that keeps us all coming back. And I, again, will, you know, like I, when I start something, I don't quit it. So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, oh, 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 go ahead, Pixel. Yeah, just wanted to say, yeah, you're really an amazing founder for that. Showing up weekly, just leading this project and telling us this is not going anywhere. I'm staying here. I'm I'm, uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm carrying. It's, it's an amazing thing you're doing. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, Owen, what's up, man? Welcome. Welcome back. How's it going? Hey. Sorry, having a little trouble with the mute, the mute button. Uh, so far, so good. Just, you know, coming from Pythonomic space. Uh, doing a little bang bang, as Louis C.K. would say. Um, yeah, man, things are looking good. Great to see No Chill doing great. Great to see the homies winning. Uh, yeah, feels good. Very validating. Yeah, I love to see it, man. And you know, like I said, with with that too, like you know, I'm I'm a huge supporter of anybody that comes out. Like Python is one of those rare breeds where he crosses both of my favorite communities. <laughs> so, um, like that's why I will ride no chill to the freaking moon with him, man. I, I'm not way too plugged into to the meme coin trenches, but that's one where it's like I've got my bag. I'm gonna ride that, like because you look at you know avax for instance and what they really have lined up in meme coins they've only got a few real big names it, it's gonna send right like when you look at the the exposure that it has to the outer trenches in the avax ecosystem like he's gonna kill it with it so i love it and you know i know that he's going to after he makes it big he's gonna sweep the stonks to to you know the moon and it's all going to work out. Right. So, um, you heard it, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Pythonomics has committed his no chill bag to sweeping the stonks. Isn't that right? Pythonomics. Give me a, uh, send no emojis. If yes. <laughs> all right. That's it. So, no, I, I mean, but again, it's, Hey, I will say this, though, right now, if you are listening to this space and you have not gotten any stonks, somebody has been nice enough to leave this nice wall at 0.19 where you can enter with size with no slippage, which is very rare. You know, you talk about floor being a metric that doesn't really count for much. In this case, at 0.19, it kind of does because you actually have a little bit of depth on the order books, which, again, typically... When you look at NFTs in general, you really don't have too much depth. Past 0.19, you really don't have much depth. But if you want to enter in with up to 10 ETH in size, you have the opportunity with no, like, again, it's all about understanding the mechanics of the NFT space to really understand, like, what's a real bid, what's not. Like, if you spend a lot of time looking at, you know, 
back in the day, I, I remember I would just watch order books and look and see like, where was spoofy hiding? What was it a real bid that was pushing something up? Was it a real sell wall that was pushing something down and all of a sudden it'd get rugged and it'd move and whatever. It's like, no, with this, uh, I've seen this person keep this thing up for <laughs> literally the entire year. So the point being, whenever this thing falls down, whatever the great wall topples, um, the songs are going to send. So it's just a gift until then, but you have the opportunity. Like all it takes is one person. Um, so again, that's when the God candle is going to happen. Um, until then, thank them for their kindness of allowing you a decent entry. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it's like, I am curious, Owen. So outside of the NFTs, um, on the music scene that you've been making, um, have you been, are, are you much of a collector yourself? Uh, yeah, a bit. I, you know, I, most of my, shall we call it experiences on the DeFi side. Um, I was a biz dev for a gaming protocol for a bit, um, very small podunk one, um, on an unfortunate network, which had a bridge hacked. Um, and all of the pegged assets went to zero as, or close to zero, um, as close to zero as you could get for like, you know, like if, if USDC goes to 10 cents, that, that feels like it went to zero. In any case, um, I really started getting heavily into the NFT side here on AVAX, uh, after I joined, um, the Avasance thing. And so I've, you know, been taking part in that and, been sort of like trying to get better learned on what the hell is going on because, when the NFTs were really taking off last season, I was kind of already priced out. I was just getting into the market at all of these prices. All the culture, all of this was sort of didn't make sense to me in any way yet. So um, I feel like I'm trying to make up for lost time now. So any schooling I can get, you know, uh, I'm very much appreciative of. Um, I, I'll say this, man. I from from the sounds of it, I think that you've got a pretty pretty solid base understanding of everything. I think every ecosystem is a little bit different. That's one thing to understand. Like for instance, I, I don't understand the mechanics of soul NFTs very well at all, as far as how they're moving right now. Like I obviously understand how to buy, sell, do whatever. Right. But as far as the overall, you know, price mechanics, I think each collection or not each, I think each chain has a slightly different nuanced what is the thing that is the most valuable or sought after characteristic of this collection to really send it. Um, I, I think with Bitcoin, for instance, the provenance of it has been something that, you know, somehow with the collections that have really done well, they all have some type of tie to provenance. And, um, you know, that's not necessarily nearly as big of a deal when you start to go a little bit more degen and look at soul. I mean, heck, even AVAX right now, where AVAX, I feel like, is kind of finding its footing a little bit more. Um, I still personally believe ETH will be the primary chain for a lot of blue chip collections. But one thing that you've noticed with ETH is, again, it's just, you know, because of the fees, everything else on it, it's not the best chain whenever you're talking about trying to start small and building up, right? 
Um, cost prohibitive. Yeah. Well, so yeah. that's kind of one thing I've been thinking about. You know, I've I've written songs that are specifically referenced to the avalanche community, but I also have like a bunch of art music and other stuff I'd like to distribute and trying to figure out like how to do that, where to do that when everybody is sort of, you know, there, there are a lot of people who are multi-chain, but a lot of people sort of exist and do most of their stuff on a single chain, whether that be Solana or AVAX has, you know, plenty of maxis. So figuring out the right way to do that, that doesn't sort of like piss off people or fracture a community. Um, and even like where to go, like, is it ETH? Is it base? Uh, you know, Optimism has a great narrative, but you have platforms like Zora, which now has its own L2. So it's like, I, it kind of feels a little bit like um, Oprah sometimes where like every D app, which hasn't found like, hasn't completely found market fit, just launches their own L2. And it's like, you get an L2, you get an L2, you get an L2. And like, you know, um, the I think like some of this stuff, you know, it won't last forever, but some of it will i mean it'll last forever in the sense that the chain is immutable but like you know you pick the wrong chain it doesn't really matter uh how cool your community or asset is you're kind of you know you can do things to bridge but there that's not without expense uh, expense and it isn't without sort of heartache involved so figuring out those things uh is you know it's a lot to try and parse yeah it really is um i i think it's there are a lot of different approaches toward that I think the biggest thing, though, is if you were going to expand, you have to make sure how is this going to be like a net positive to the overall ecosystem of whatever you're growing, right? Because I feel like a lot of projects have been either too ambitious or too greedy um, as far as expansion with new projects that have just led to dilution which makes it a lot harder to find any footing to be able to continue forward with. And, you know, like one project I'm just going to put out there, I'm not saying they're dead by any means. When I say this, I'm not saying they have no chance of coming back, but I think psychedelics anonymous is a perfect example of that, of a project that hit this multi ETH floor, um, had a lot of hype and just really, flooded their holders with a bunch of these different other side projects that just ended up making it really difficult to be able to have enough liquidity to be able to support everything across across the board. Um, and it just led toward the project really bleeding out some because I remember back the summer of 2022, and when I first bought any NFTs, I was looking between a couple different projects and I was looking between like Psychedelics Anonymous and Pudgy Penguins. And I had, I kid you not, there was equal, um, e they were equal floor price at 1.8 ETH and they were equally, equally active as far as the Twitter engagement for who actually Psychedelics Anonymous won a couple of the engagement posts for which one I was going to buy. Now, like, again, you look at it, Pudgy Penguins are 20 plus Eve and Psychedelics Anonymous are, I think, like 0.15. So it, it just it shows kind of the difference between the approaches there. Um, and again, it's not necessarily you look a lot of the stuff they had had cool, well thought out utility. It was just 
too much handed out before the market was ready for it. So I think it's really just being cautious about that and understanding the difference between, um, you know, how is what you're going to introduce going to benefit the initial collections? Like if you really want to be able to do something that makes a difference, not just for you, but for the people collecting your art, I think that is the biggest consideration, right? Like, you know, could I drop something else for ledge art right now? Yeah, sure. But like, say that I did some other random side mint, like, I don't think that'd be beneficial for any holders right now, right? Like you have to prove your stripes um, and you have to, you know, be able to continue to build up organically and create something that there is perceived value where there is this threshold of demand that you're like, okay, I could see the potential benefit of now introducing something else. Um, and, you know, same goes with you for, you know, whether you're continuing to release new songs um, or whether you're continuing to say, hey, you know, I, I want to potentially branch out to another chain. It's like, you know, again, where's, where's that demand? How are you going to find it? How does it create it? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried, I tried one very small NFT mint, uh, music NFT mint, and I've like generally been pretty cautious about, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like launch something until I'm really clear on what both the value proposition is for somebody who's holding it and, um, you know, what my intentions are in doing it because, you know, at, at its core, so much of this is about community building. Like, we can all hold this asset and anyone can sort of secure opportunities, find value for it as well as value in it. Um, you know, any wonky stonks holder could go and try and find an opportunity that sort of applies to the whole collection. Um, it, it isn't up to necessarily the issuer to do all of that, that it, it might be in some cases, like maybe there is a team which is actively sort of involved in securing those opportunities, but that's, that's not really how value is generated in Web3 a lot of the time. It's, it's from a sort of communal effort. Um, and so figuring out not only like what your tribe, so to speak, is, like what is that community? What do they care about? Why do they care about those things? But also how engaged are they? How, you know, what, do, what do they want beyond the thing itself um, that, that like you can sort of play a role in securing from them? And what's the best sort of vehicle um, that they can sort of you know, take their own initiative and secure opportunities that, you know, benefit them, but also benefit the other folks who are in that community as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that that's exactly it, man. It's, it's a tough, it, it's a balancing act, you know, like it reminds me of being whenever I was in scouts as a kid, when you're out there and you're building up a fire for the first time <laughs> and, you know, if you try to throw all of the big logs, whatever else on it too early, you know, you're going to crush your fire before it really has time to build itself up healthily, right? You're never going to get to a bonfire by just trying to light like an individual log with a lighter. You've got to start with a small tinder and, you know, slowly, slowly build that up to slightly bigger pieces each time. And eventually, you know, you are going to be able to have enough heat to be able to 
catch those larger logs on fire. And, you know, from that point, you're going to be able to have something that's sustainable, right? But it, it it's a process and it's really easy, you know, to find balancing act there in the early parts, you know, because once you get it big enough, man, you can, you can just chunk whatever the heck you want in there and it'll eat it up, right? Like it, it, it will, <laughs> but like early on, if you chunk the wrong thing on there, it's going to kill it. So, you know, but it's like, so just, I, th- I think it is a matter of really communication with your community for what do they want versus kind of understanding as the artist slash, you know, founder slash whatever your role is for what do they need? And, you know, being able to balance that it's tough because sometimes you do have to take a little bit of initiative and you have to surprise them with whatever, but you know, there, there's a bit of risk in that as well. So, um, I don't know, man, like, but I think that's the thing that makes this whole journey so exciting is (laughs) right. There's no perfect formula. Um, and if there was a perfect formula, I mean, every single person would have done it. Um, the one formula that I have seen work though, more than anything else is consistency, right? Care and consistency. So I think that if you have that and you just continue to show up and you continue to, you know, leverage your strengths, something's good. Something good is eventually going to happen. Yeah. Well, I was, I was talking about this on the no chill space a little bit, just in regards to what they're doing that, like being a founder in this kind of industry, I'm talking about the no chill guys. um, But like, you know, there was this period where, shit was flat at 200k after dumping from around 2 million and all of this sort of hype and liquidity had drained from AVAX and the arena was pretty sullen and um, it's so like to an extent in that period it didn't matter what they shipped um, except to a sort of core base of people who were involved Uh, but if they hadn't done those things they wouldn't have been prepared for a moment like this when there is attention and there is this kind of um, excess value to capture from. Um, And so it's like a weird combination of having a plan, but also having, I don't know if you want to call it conviction or faith, that there will be more opportunities in the future, that these things will rotate and the decks will shift and you have in the time in between those periods distinguished yourself through your work, through your effort, through your, whatever you're doing um, enough to, you know, capture that value and establish more credibility for the thing that you're building. And like, that's, what's been so great to see with Pythonomics and those guys. Cause like just even really simple ideas, like sort of reflect in my view, like I'm not trying to slobber all over his knob or anything, but like, I I thought like the no chill exchange, it's like so simple, but just really brilliant. Like all the developers in the space that I know are sort of thinking of new sort of complexity to add new sort of new layers of gamification, things like that. And those, I mean, y'all have that, but really what you did was how can we make this simpler? How can we make it easier to transact? How do we like, you know, how can you use this UI? and improve the user experience as such that they don't have to go to Trader Joe. They don't have to know 
they don't have to necessarily know what they're doing. They can just engage with this something. They can do it in a really small way. And that just sort of gets them inside of it. And like, I think user experience, like making things understandable. These are things that so frequently get slept on here. But at the end of the day, that's the, that's the gateway to your, to your kingdom, to your, you know, mythology, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's, it's how it's people's first impression. It's how they get onboarded. And by making that just, you know, making it easier, making it simple and making it fun. Um, it just like distinguished. It was such a game changer. Um, it's such a small thing, but so kind of crucial and brilliant. Oh, I agree, man. Um, you know, again, love the story behind uh, what's happening there. And I mean, heck, said it earlier. I'll say it again. I like I, I, I can't shill a, a low market cap meme coin on X, no matter how much I love the founder and the project and everything else itself with it. Unfortunately, I, I would love to. Um, but I'll shill it in the space of the 40 people listening. You know, if you don't have any no chill, which is an AVAX meme coin by Pytho, who is a wonky stonks OG legend, um, you should check it out because I, I'm extremely bullish on him and them and what they're building. Um, Frozen Water, welcome to the stage, sir. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. I just wanted to like piggyback off of like what both of you guys were saying, like Kaleo and Owen, like, Owen, like, he's, he hit the nail on the head. Like, the projects really need to <clears throat> distinguish themselves right now, like, while they have the chance, right? Because it's, like, it's basically, like, a battleground happening for, like, a lot of NFT projects in, like, the 0 0.02, ETH range, I would like to say. Like, you know, you're just competing for, like, barely any volume right now. And before you know it, like, you know, ETH will probably skyrocket to 3.5K, 4K, right? And gas prices will be crazy, right? And then as poor as, like, a metric floor price is, right, nobody's going to buy into, like, a 0 0.03, 0 0.04 project when gas prices are equal the amount. Yeah, I mean, you're right, man. It gets to be really, really, really difficult to launch anything on ETH that isn't super hyped unless it already has, you know, it's already well established. Um, so it does become a little bit more difficult as, you know, there, there's just a higher barrier to entry. Um, like, that's why I think what uh, BTC Art did with Dino Dicks being on Soul is genius. Love, you know, like, you have to be able to have different, like uh, one of the things that I harp on all the time is, you know, part of this multi-chain future is having different chains. Each one has different purposes. It's almost um, impossible to find one that is going to be the perfect chain. It solves every single issue, right? Um, Avery Bart Bartlett, um, I, I think I'm pronouncing his, you're saying his name, right? Anyway, he, he posted about that earlier about that whole conundrum. And I've talked about it multiple times before. It, it's really difficult to solve that equation. Um, so, you know, the best that we can do is knowing that is understanding, 
you know, what are the strengths of each one of these chains? And as you are sitting there and whether you're an artist looking to launch a collection um, or whether you're a collector and you're looking to invest in one is understanding how does this collection play toward the community that's there and how can you potentially leverage it? Because like what, what you said is true, Frozen. I mean, heck, at any point, honestly, in ETH, even at the range where the stonks are, it's still relatively competitive as far as a liquidity grab, right? Um, but it, it gets to be really, if you're in that 0.05 and below category, that's, you're right, that is really tough because you might spend 0.01 ETH on one transaction to buy something, which is a 20% tax just to buy into one thing. So it does get, the super, super low range is tough. Yeah, and like once you like lose that initial momentum as a project, like there's still like a ton of NFT projects like still actively engaging, right? And there's basically no incentive to do so, right? So anyone who's like actually still here is literally in it for the culture, I guess, right? But it's kind of sad to feel like uh, I guess like in the future, like if NFT volume ever does come back, a lot of these projects probably won't be rewarded at the end of the day. It's probably going to be the new shiny toy that comes. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of them won't be right. Like, and a lot of it just goes back to what I talked about earlier, where when you reach a certain level of dilution, it gets really difficult to overcome that. I mean, heck like tubby cats are a great example, right? I've talked about the whole, you know, whatever with what they've done multiple times before. I mean, they had a deeper, deeper issues. I still see people randomly pop up in the timeline with tubby cats though. And they're stuck down there at 0.04 ETH and there are 20,000 of them. And it's like, you know, anytime they've gotten a decent pump, I just immediately see them sell off. Right. And it's, it's tough, right? Whenever you're in that to really be able to regain enough footing and enough momentum to be able to really continue, but it's not impossible. You know, like, heck, that's like the stonks are a great example of that, honestly, because Heck, there was a point, I don't know if you were around then frozen water, but like whenever we were down to, you know, 0.025 ETH, um, like the summer, the summer of 2022 slash late spring, it happened. You know, I remember one of our biggest holders capitulating and he capitulated his entire bag under 0.03 ETH into bids on OpenSea. Um, And... I I remember I was like, okay, screw it. These are so cheap right now. I'm just going to keep scooping up everything I can. So I did. <laughs> and, you know, then you had chats like Lumber step in and some other people, right? Like, and, you know, it's tough, but, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but heck, even to maintain, like to get to the point where we are right now, where you, where we've maintained kind of this homeostasis above point one, that's super difficult to do, right? Like that, that kind of is the first step. I feel like point one, you know, point one to point two is kind of that first step, the first tier to be able to maintain. And then from there, you know, once you hit one ETH plus, it really is just, you hit escape velocity, right? You've kind of proven yourself. You're in a completely different tier of collectors. 
um, that don't care about anything unless they reach that price. So yeah, you know, like we're, (laughs) I, I like the position that we're in, um, heading into the bull market. I really do. I kind of view like stonks as like a bet on your brand, you know, like you're kind of a big name in CT, right? And it's like, at the end of the day, when the bull market comes, there's going to be people probably looking for assets to buy into, right? And stonks is like an easy one. But like a funny thing that happened to me a couple of days ago on CTR, I mean, uh, Twitter, I was just looking at like a random tweet and I thought it was a stonk, right? But it was just like a random like chart. (laughs) That is funny. Um, I mean, hey, bro, even when you're talking about the art aspect of it, even just seeing some of the, you know, I'll I'll call them derivative collections, but some of the other chart art collections that have popped up recently, you know, when you talk about provenance, you know, the stonks are the first, they are the OG um, chart art collection. So uh, generative art also, I I do think there's going to be another boom in generative art coming up. Um, it's been a relatively, I feel like quiet space for a bit. And that probably goes back to the over <laughs> abundance, you know, art blocks was just pushing every single person that could write a line of code out for a little bit with a new collection. And not just that, but I mean, they were selling them for multiple ETH in those Dutch, Dutch auctions. It was insane at one point. And what you see really with generative art, same thing with a lot of others, you see a lot of collections that have just completely died off. But then the collections that have stuck around, when you're talking about pure art space, like the collections that have survived are completely universally accepted as blue chips, right? Like they are pieces that people just hold on to and they hold on to them for the culture. It, like, it is tough to fud art. So, yeah, man, soon enough, soon enough, we're going to wake up and I, I like, I just have that feeling in my gut. It's one of those things. It's not just a feeling in the gut. You see it in the chart, too, that, I mean, heck, if you look at that chart pinned up there, you want to know where that line is as far as just the next explosive up line? It's right above that 0.19, 0.2 area. It is basically destroying the Great Wall that whoever put up there put it up. And, you know, heading on to the next phase, it's going to happen. So I'm, you know, I, I, I say it and I say it seriously. I mean it. Appreciate the quiet days while they're here. Appreciate the opportunity you have to be able to sit there and curate your collection, maybe sell one, flip it for another that you like a little bit better on the floor around this range because, you know, like what you said, Frozen, at the end of the day, um, I, I'll i bet on myself all day. I'll bet on this community, too. The stonks are going to send. It's that simple. Holy crap, who just swept the stonks? What in the world is happening right now? Good we- thing to be conducting these spaces, huh? Uh, no, I, I like. I think somebody's sweeping like forty stunts right now. Hey, I'm wondering, uh, have you talked or thought um, talked about the ERC four hundred fours? 
I've, I've talked a little bit about it. Um, we talked a little bit about it kind of jokingly during our space on Friday. Uh, so ERC 404s, ERC 404s, um, like I think there's a lot of potential with the ERC 404s. It's one of those things where it's a little bit of a crapshoot right now because it's completely unaudited. So when I see unaudited code, um, kind of scares me a little bit that, you know, until it's officially accepted as a standard, it is pure wild west out there, right? Like, you know, the concept is very cool. I don't feel purely confident in it until it becomes an official EIP. Makes sense. It's kind of like you don't know what you're buying in a way. Yeah. But holy shit, what just, I I need to look at this real quick, Owen. I'm sorry. No, Uh, you're good. Like, what in the world just happened? Yeah, someone bought deep into the 0.19 wall. Yeah, the 0.19 wall is almost gone. And you're right. Bro, I swear, that feels, you know what that feels like? That feels like, <laughs> that feels like, I, I don't know who, who this wallet is, but that feels like King DGen is here on an alt account and something that he would do. <laughs> I'm just saying, so if you're on here, man, shout out to you. Yeah, I love you regardless, but whoever else is on here doing it, shout out to you, whatever it is. When you referred to him as my King DGen, I, a, a shudder went up my spine. Different King D-Gen. Different King D-Gen. Trust me. Not the same. Not the Arena King D-Gen. This is a completely different one. Um, you know, and if it, if it is that dude, even if it's not, whoever it is, like, shout out to them. They're a badass. But, um, like, the Arena King D-Gen was, uh, or not the Arena King D-Gen, this King D-Gen, even after he sold all his, you know, had to liquidate whatever portion of his collection. He still holds the three most rare stonks, like the top three absolute rarest. So still a whale from that perspective. Um, dude, I need to, I need to like screenshot this and freaking tweet it out because that's, you have no idea. And this, this wall that has been sitting here, I kid you not that wall of 0.19 has sat there the entire year, somebody got about a hundred stonks that were filled into wheat bids, and I think that they were somebody that's never traded NFTs before. <laughs> like I, I legit think it was just a crypto person who was curious. Actually, I know for a fact it was. I know who it was, and I'm never going to say who it was, but I know who it was <laughs> that did it crypto person that's never traded nfts before they just they had their wheat bids filled at 0.1 so shout out to them for doing that and then they just listed them at 0.19 and have just kept them there the entire year and it's tough whatever you're talking about listing into a project that sell wall does get a bit intimidating so as far as getting above it it's just like there's a lot of accumulation hitting up against it, and then boom, knocks back. Accumulation hitting up against it. So pretty cool to see that finally actually being knocked down. 
Um, hey, somebody just came and decided it's time. It's time for the wall to come down. Somebody said, yeah, somebody decided, man. The wall had to be knocked down. Um, oh, dude, that's freaking amazing. I love that. When do you think uh, the micro cap like ETH volume will start spilling over into into NFTs? Um, what do you mean by that? Like, are you talking about the micro cap, as in um, the meme coins? I feel like there's like a lot of like volume for ETH at least for a lot of like utility plays and stuff, and it's just like kind of like a big like merry-go-round where the volume just like goes around into like different plays but it feels like none of it ever goes into like nfts like any of that profit okay my my take is it's gonna happen eventually right like we're going to have eth season as much as people all lament it it's gonna eventually happen um you know especially with the whole narrative of eth getting an etf approved a spot ETF later this year. That's most likely going to happen as we're seeing a bunch of these filings play out. So as that stuff starts to happen, you know, you're going to see an ETH season where whether it is the meme coins that are on it or whether it's the NFTs, volume is going to flock back to that chain, right? And right now, a lot of the volume has been on other chains, whether it's Soul, you know, AVAX, whatever the heck else. The bulk of it, there's been some, and some of that volume has been in the memes. But right now, too, it's just getting the taste in people's mouths for trading NFTs again, right? You know, it, you you have to funnel volume to different ch- channels. Um, and I, I think we're slowly seeing a shift back to NFTs, but it's definitely not fully there yet. So everything that happens right now is just a bonus. Right. Because we are not in NFT season yet, regardless of what it looks like, where when you see the pudgies doing what they're doing, this is not NFT season. It's just not. Um, It's going to happen on an insane level starting, I think, later this year. um, But really, really cooking through 2025, then Whatever is happening in 2026, probably still super cooking, but it's going to be super frothy at that point and probably time to be (laughs) considering, you know, if you haven't taken any profit by then, probably not a bad idea too. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my site line on it, but we'll see. Uh, Morph, welcome to the stage. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks uh, uh, for like four months ago I, when I first jumped into the arena. I specifically recall you said uh, you posted that, uh, you know, shit doesn't look good, but I'm not going to sell. You were like, uh, you guys can use me as exit liquidity, which is just unheard of in this space. And that I, I think when I look back, that's probably what kind of made me stick around is that kind of vibe. I was like, okay, so this guy is like, um, yeah, go ahead and use my uh, capital as exit, exit liquidity. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and build here then. But 
I just want to give you a quick shout out for that. And also thanks for the, the DM earlier tonight in Pytho's space. I didn't realize I was like walking over him. I couldn't hear him. Uh, so that was embarrassing, but whatever. Uh, and I will buy your ticket back ASAP. I'm going to probably wait till no chance. Um, 10 million. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. I, I'm I, thinking, I uh, I'm thinking no chill hits 10 milli and then I'll, I'll get you back. I That's take all. no, no offense toward people buying, selling, doing whatever with any tickets. You're fine, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's just whatever, but I just, I don't know, dude, I, I want to support you. I think, uh, you know, when the stuff gets real in that, in that, uh, space, people, ape into your ticket and there's a reason for that you know i mean like i said you you stood there and said hey you know what this doesn't look good but i'm not gonna dip i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and uh you know rug you guys i'm gonna let you guys rug me like that's fucking awesome i mean who does that so no i appreciate it man dude there there are a lot of there are a lot of real ones in 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 the space um and you know i think that's why i've kind of stuck with the arena some too is I, I i won't lie i mean obviously had it stuck under anybody else other than jason i don't think i would have been able to but um i i really do think he's going to do something good with it so as long as there's some honest pursuit of what they're trying to build there i'm not going to just have that lens that a lot of ct lazily does where they're like oh you know there's this fud because of all this other shit that happened under these this unqualified team. And you know what I think that actually is, though? If you've stuck around this space for long enough, FUD in the face of real progress is an opportunity, right? Like, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, you just stick around, let them build, and something usually comes from it. So... Dude, Jason's a fucking Chad. I mean, let's yeah. just be real. Like that dude is a he's got it. Well, I think I, I might have mentioned this previously, but I I think it was Kobe who was talking about the like ideal ratio. Like it's better to have half of CT loving your product and half of crypto Twitter hating it than have half of crypto Twitter loving it and the other half not caring. Like the fact that something is controversial means that it just occupies more mindshare and it creates sort of discussion and argument, which ultimately leads to, yeah, it, like it's it's free real estate in everybody's head, right? Like, I mean, I held down to zero in the arena too. And, um, you know, that sucked at the time. And I was kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like in shock for a while just because of I, I like literally couldn't believe the incompetency slash maliciousness of the previous team. But I don't know, like these things, sometimes they have a longer half life than you think they will, but conviction doesn't get built from like, you shouldn't necessarily need validation to, you know, think an idea is good there, you know, there, there's something there. There's always been something there. And I want to see that thesis play out one way or another. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about different narratives with NFTs. I think what, what Farcaster's done is um, really painted a good example of the hype that can be driven by more integrations into a social type setting. Um, and 
yeah, like I am excited to see what they're rolling out with V2 and if there will be any more integrations that will be part of that. I think that they are, I would be surprised if there's not something that they work into that. Um, because, you know, as far as just bringing, incorporating NFTs and giving people the option to be able to launch or natively integrate, natively find people on the social thing just by what somebody holds in their wallet, there's real value in that. And like that, I think, to me, the ticket side of thing isn't the most valuable part of the arena. The tickets are just a byproduct, right? Like the tickets are going to happen ebbs and flows based on activity. The real benefit of SocialFi is wallet and identity natively integrated, right? That is, that's the real key, right? Wallet, identity, natively integrated. And from that, you can build anything else on. So lots of cool stuff that I think will flow from that down the line. Um, but I mean, again, approach with that same as approach with the stonks, whatever else, you know, like just consistency is what, what pays out, man. Like sometimes it's seeing when you see something that there's real potential in not being afraid to stick around with it is where the real opportunity is. Like it, it, it's that simple, man. And sometimes it takes time. It does not always happen overnight. And that's the other important thing to understand. If you are reactionary in this space to a degree where you are waiting for something to pump, a lot of the times you've missed the majority of whatever multiples might come out of it. Um, like, you know, again, with the pudgy penguin thing, people that are buying today at 20 ETH, they're like, oh man, penguins are cheap here at 20 ETH. And relatively they might be right. Like they could run up to hundred ETH, but you know, when they were a lot cheaper at 1.80, right. And cheaper before that. Right. Like, so same type of thing when you can go through any other type of mindset with stuff on here, whether, you know, it's a stonks at 0.180, right? Like there are going to be people that say they're cheap at one. You know, when you talk about no chill, like the 1 million market cap, there's going to be people that say it's cheap at 10 mil, right? Like it is a matter of just sitting there and being able to see the potential that's in something and really stick around and see it through. Um, and yeah, like it, it's tough, but I think that, I think by understanding why you believe in something the way that you do, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, and just to go off what you just said, being able to stick around a place, you know, I, uh, I, I, what was your top? what was it like 120 AVAX you hit? Um, I think it was 137. Yeah. And I mean, AVAX was a little bit cheaper back then, but still like it was ridiculous. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm just like, okay, so this is the top guy on this platform and he's going to sit here and say, rug me. Like, so I'm like, all right, well then this is something that's worthy and it's worthy to stick around to. And then like I talked about on Python space, earlier tonight the no chill space it's like 
I'm sitting in Jason's room and, and, and Python's saying, Hey, I want to drop some tokens on the, on the gladiators. And it's like, how could you not want to partake in that in a space like this, with just full of malicious actors and just scams. It's just ridiculous, you know? And then you see this guy who's clearly seems to have good intentions and he's like, I'm going to airdrop the gladiators. Boom. Okay. Yeah. I'm in on that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about believing in something. Somebody posted on X a while back, like stop trading and believe in something. And they, they posted that diamond hand meme. And that really struck me because I was like, you know what? Cause I, I've, I've had some success in crypto early, but it's been just, it's always been that thing where you're hopping from two to three different chat rooms and you're trying to figure out what's the next move. And I'm at, I'm to the point where I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I just want to believe in something and ride it and be a part of it and be a part of that community. Oh, dude, I <laughs> trust me, man. I, I resonate with what you're saying a lot. It's like, honestly, had I with no trading, no whatever else, just believing from day one and holding the bags that I hold, like I'd be <laughs> infinitely more wealthy at this point. Right. You know, there were times where from the trading, I was way higher. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I've shared a lot of different things that I've been through over the years with ups, downs, whatever else. But yeah, believing in something is always there's less pressure, less stress. Um, you know, you slowly stack, slowly believe or and eventually one day something cool comes from it most of the time. Um, unless you're believing in <laughs> just something that's completely, completely stupid, that's on you. Um, like if you're sitting there still believing that XRP is going to be the next, or actually better than XRP, if, like Litecoin right now, I, I believed a little too hard in Litecoin last cycle. <laughs> like if anybody's still sitting there. And they're a Litecoin maximalist. I just, I have nothing to tell you, man. I like, there's so many other better opportunities. So there are some things that you can believe in that, you know, you, you've got to be open to reason sometimes. Um, oh, man. Actually, I, I, I did just think about this, though. <laughs> I've got something I did not think about that I've got to wake up for in about five hours and I have not gone to sleep yet. Um, so. All right, bro. I'm going to go, I'm going to go flip on my no chill for Litecoin. You get some rest. Okay. I do it, man. I no, no, no. Flip it, flip it for wonky stonks. Wonky stonks are inevitable. Um, so I, I'll continue to say it and I'll continue to preach it one of these days, you know, one of these days people will look back and you know they'll they'll believe it when they see it and that's fine so uh buenos noches gentlemen it's been fun shout out to whatever dgen <laughs> decided to sweep the 50 stonks during the space i love you 
Um, and I will, I'm supposed to host a space with Rooster tomorrow. I was supposed to today, but you had something come up last minute. So, um, we'll definitely be hosting a space tomorrow afternoon as well. So be on the lookout for that and I'll see y'all later. Deep well. Yeah. And you have a good morning, Mr. Rich slash all the euros that are out there. <laughs>